Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode two of Make Do. I'm Tiffany Arment, and I'm joined, of course, like always, but with uh, Julia Scott. Oh, I'm already falling into a pattern here. All right. <laughs> plus, plus, I like that. Joined as always. This is now the way things are. There's <laughs> it's no permanent. escaping it. It's, it's episode two. It's for real. Uh, we just <laughs> wanted to thank everybody out there for listening to the first episode and for being so positive and encouraging. It was really awesome to hear and all the messages and tweets. So thank you so much. We are extremely flattered and just really humbled by it all. And we can't yeah, wait. To- you're all you're all just making it worse. <laughs> we, and we just can't wait to talk to everybody more about art and stuff so yeah because I have to ask there was this weird like I don't know how many levels of, of meta anxiety and I, I was curious if you felt if you felt the same way like when it came time to I don't know publish and start going you who where I was like wait what what if people don't think we're qualified to talk about art <laughs> oh what of if, course what if when it was just like but that's that's the point <laughs> but I was like, wait, no, is this a is this a very, very bad thing we're doing here? But I think people like got the point that mm-hmm. it's it's about evolution and therapy and and Bob Ross. <laughs> yes, that's right. And and I did. I, I was I had a panic moment in the beginning um, as I was texting to you. But, you know, everything worked out and it was great. And I am always I, I, I found the Internet to be a very comforting place for me that's why I continue to be on it as active as I am (laughs) um so uh, just a huge thanks for everyone for easing anxieties about being okay with making stuff because this is something that we made (laughs) so it's a stuff right yeah cool yep (laughs) all right okay so one of the things that triggered this uh podcast one of of many anxiety no it's not anxiety but you use the hashtag uh, Tiff's year of art on um, a picture on Instagram, and mm-hmm. I was like, "I'm here for this." Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what it is, <laughs> but I'm here for this. Uh, so, is it like, is it a project, or was it just like a little boosty, peppy self hashtag? Or, well, I think it kind of extended from listening to a couple friends' podcasts where they kind of define their years with themes as opposed to with um, an outright. Um, like New Year's resolution or something like that. Mm -hmm. So like you take a word and like this year, the word is bloom. Right. So like you kind of (laughs) you you give you give a theme to your year and all of your decisions kind of can help that theme can help guide your decisions where you want to go. So for me, I was thinking about like, I I want this year to be my year of art where I actually sit down and I'm doing it because a few years ago is when I made the big jump of I'm not going to be afraid of trying to be trying and then just be bad, right? I'm going to be okay with making something that's ugly or bad or wrong in order to get better because I want to get better more than I, I, I'm, I'm scared. So Mm -hmm. that already started, but it was so intermittent and it wasn't a constant thing. It wasn't a, oh, I'm definitely going to be making space for this. It's more like, a, oh, I bought some new art supplies and I'll play with it sometimes. And then I'll get, you know, my regular life will get in the way and that will be fine. And you'll move, you know, you forget about it for a little while and then come back to it. But this year I decided to make a year that is focused on making permanent space for creating art and things in my life. And it doesn't have to be 
anything in particular, but it's just making that space, carving out that time. So I feel like that this year is the year of art. And especially on Instagram, I wanted to post more of the things I was working on, even if, again, they were just sketches or doodles or they were bad or they were good. Like, however I felt about them, it didn't matter. It was more of produce it and just put it out there. And then maybe next year I can look back and see the improvements and the change and how I have evolved and or what I need to still work on. So that is where my goal went. And it kind of took me to um, getting a studio space. And that was just so cool. Huge jump for me because I I, I went through a big period of anxiety about do I deserve this? Um, have you, have you felt like that when it came to finding space for pottery and, and finding, cause pottery takes up a lot of space, just like oil pottery painting. Pottery takes up a lot of space. Yeah, no, Probably I, even way more than oil painting. Cause at least I can like <laughs> focus on like a little stool and a, and an easel. Yeah, but... no, we had to, we had to get like, you know, get an electrician in to get like three phase. Um, it was, it's, it's a whole adventure cause, cause we moved into a little house about three years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. So before that, I would, um, at first I was at like a a pottery um, studio that's like more of a school. And then, I'm so confused about years, the first year we lived here, I actually rented a studio space, like in Mm -hmm. a pottery studio where there were potters of of varying levels. Because I wanted to see like, okay, is this something that I like doing every now and then? Or is this Mm -hmm. something that not if it's something that I wanted to focus on because I knew that I did, but is this something that I actually am going to focus on? Right. How often can you actually get there and use the equipment? Right. Yeah. And how much how much fun is it if you if you had have to do it all the time or if you feel like you need to do it more? Uh, and I mean, that's that's kind of specific to to pottery because like I can I can take I can set up an easel in my living room. Right. So it wasn't the same of like, OK, I'm going to rent a studio to make it feel more real. Although that's something that is also awesome, like or somewhere with better lighting or somewhere where you can leave stuff up, because that's mm-hmm. one thing for like creativity in general, because we have um, it's a pretty small house, but we have a, a finished uh, basement that isn't technically living area because it's it's not full ceiling height. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a big like study slash studio slash workspace down there, which is like my office. Uh, so I have all this room for art supplies. And the main thing is, well, not now because we have small, annoying cats. Um, <laughs> and I imagine if if we had kids, which we don't, I would also want a door. There's no door. But like the, that you can leave stuff out, you know, like you can leave your sewing machine out. You don't have to put everything away every time you do it. See, that's, which I the, think is... that's where I am. I'm, I have to put everything <laughs> away every time I do it. So and it's it's also just for taking up community space that I share with you know my husband and my son so or like if we have people over like I can't just take over the kitchen table every time I want to do stuff I mean I do whenever I want to do stuff but I can't leave something out so my sewing machine goes away and then it comes back out when it's time to do sewing stuff and at the time like painting stuff goes away and then it comes back out but turns out oil paintings take a really long time to dry and you like need to leave <laughs> and them out space and and kids yeah. run around your house and like bump into things and dust gets all over the place and you're like ah <laughs> this isn't working <laughs> yeah and and also even like things like th- both kinds of storage like on the one hand just like place to literally store stuff like store supplies or projects but also 
storing them in a way that's accessible Mm -hmm. i can i can get an idea and i know that like i don't have to go up in an attic or uh in a closet somewhere and like it's behind the other things and like i can i mean this may be particular to a certain type of person who has a lot of supplies but like i know that i can they're right there they're in the room where i spend my time i can go oh hey i want to paint with acrylics you know what i mean Mm -hmm. no oh nothing kills motivation more than having to like dig through a crawl space pull out a box set everything up and then and then you're exa- like, or you run out of time. Like, as I know I only have a certain amount of time be- while my son is at school in order to accomplish the things I need to accomplish, in addition to all of the, you know, house things that need to get done or this little administrative thing that needs to get done. And it's like the creative time starts shrinking down and down and down. And if you then have to waste that to be, you know, <laughs> kind of finding all your hordes of supplies and gathering them and then setting like them all up. admin stuff. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now it's pushed to the next day and then something comes up and it's a snow day and then your kid's home from school and then you got to like hide it all away again because they're like, <laughs> what are these markers? Can I play with them? And you're like, no, you can't touch the Copics. Like just, just, <laughs> one thing needs to be mommy's markers like one thing <laughs> yeah no but with with the with the pottery because there's um what used to be a garage that was like an obvious place to have a pottery studio and that was part of the reason we got the house um the only problem is that like i keep pushing my husband like into a smaller and smaller corner with like oh his tiny little 3d printer and like the you know all these little tools that also in here is the most hilarious collision ever is that the garage itself is i mean it's a fairly damp cold place and clay is wet and Mm -hmm. makes moisture in the air and you know what does not like moisture is tools (laughs) like all sorts (laughs) of like tools and electronics and everything so he put in uh, a dehumidifier but that can't run while my stuff is drying. Like I lost a bunch of mugs. And for a second, I was like, am I suddenly getting way worse at attaching handles? Because they're all like cracking off. And then I realized, no, it's the dehumidifier. It's making the air drier and it's making them dry faster and they're Mm -hmm. not attaching properly. So we're like in this really, really weird compromise of like, you know, how long can the dehumidifier be turned off for my sake before you know the hammer is just like this big this it's a very very specific problem in a marriage that i don't think very many people have and then i feel guilty because like it's a luxury to have somewhere where he can i don't know saw up wood i know what his dreams are i don't listen when he talks that's not um (laughs) (laughs) but like he wants to play with stuff and i think that's fair but part of me is like it is not it's not even about like oh this is my job i make these things i sell them and i need more like part of me is just like a child like i want the whole table Mm -hmm. um i feel like whoever's hobby is the biggest the biggest wins right like (laughs) it's like my hobby got bigger than your hobby like because it's just there's more stuff and more space and you end up you know, kind of fighting over territory a little bit. But I mean, someone's got to win. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's also like, well, I, I work from home most of the time. Sometimes I'm in, in newsrooms or doing stuff, but mostly I work from home. So and now I've even brought my like office stuff up into on the main floor in what is usually the library because I was like, maybe I should get some daylight when I work. So now I have like yeah, that's nice. a little it's nice to enjoy desk and space in the library and this big like workroom for all the craftsy stuff that used to be my office. And then also the garage. And I'm like, every space is mine. Yeah, You can maybe do some soldering on the kitchen table. 
And that's that's not very nice. That seems so similar to my husband because he's like building a Raspberry Pi. Have you heard of that? It's like a tiny, tiny computer. It's actually very. Oh, cool. we have we have many Raspberry Pis yeah. in the house, in- including things that are supposed to like uh, water plants. All our plants died. Um, because he was still trying to figure out a, a smarter solution. I, I love how this suddenly turned into Let's Mock Our Husbands podcast. <laughs> yeah. So as crafters and makers and just in general crafty artsy people and trying to express ourselves in various ways and having stuff that kind of expands, I guess, into our homes and every single nook and cranny we can possibly find, um, it kind of brings us into the topic of spending money on yourself and your space and making room financially for our hobbies and passions. And I think that um, there's a big discussion in here about how it feels and being okay to spend money on not just supplies, but art spaces. That was a big thing for me when we when I was getting my studio this year was jumping that hurdle of being okay spending that much on a hobby and mm-hmm. it, it, it took a long time for me. And, and I even asked Twitter about it. And I got some really great responses. And some people brought up like, what about people who really like working on classic cars? It makes you happy, but you need a big space to kind of do that, right? Like if you don't have a garage, then you need to rent some kind of space or woodworking or and, and again, I'm focusing right now on a lot of typically like male hobbies, because I feel like they've never had a lot of problems with spending money and time and space on themselves for those reasons, for like big project reasons, or getting office space outside of the home for doing things that wouldn't necessarily make you a ton of money, but it makes you happy. And I felt like I was, it was always never okay to do that. And yeah, and I, I feel like, for instance, with, with our garage slash studio slash tool shed, like if if I didn't have a messy hobby that would only really work in one area of the house, nobody would blink an eye at him taking over. And I, I don't mean him specifically, but mm-hmm. him specifically and him sort of hypothetically taking over the whole space with like his tools and electronics and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like I feel guilty. You know, we, we, we had this, this discussion in the car the other week where I was like, well, would you be okay with me having that studio space, even if it had stayed, quote unquote, just a hobby? Like, you know, if I was mm-hmm. down there every now and then when I felt like it and just making stuff because it was fun, it was like, well, well, yeah, because it's, it's something you love and it's something that makes you happy. And in the grand scheme of things, especially compared to renting a studio space, because, I mean, it was an outlay of buying a wheel and uh, a kiln and like a bunch of tools and stuff. I actually I did the math and like compared to renting the studio space where there was a wheel, uh, but where I could also have rented a studio space and still had to buy a wheel and everything. But it's it's not that huge of an outlay, really, if that's what you need to do the thing that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Say you love to travel or play golf or whatever it is you want to do. But it's the thing of like, it's so easy to feel that it's unnecessary. Like you can spend as much on paints or um, markers or tools as you might spend on renting a space. But because you're doing it in the one fell swoop of like, here is a month's rent. Mm-hmm. It feels so much bigger. But it's so weird. Like I think... And I don't think it's necessarily only a female coded thing, but I do think there is that sort of societal programming of you are not supposed to prioritize yourself. 
Right. It, it, I think it, it's probably definitely a, a certain personality trait that anyone can have um, that you just don't feel like your hobby is worth it. But it's it does you can recognize that, yes, this makes me super happy and it should be something I could do. But making that leap into being like, I'm worth spending this time on. I'm worth investing this space. And it, it really is. It's like we went from looking all over the house to trying to find a space for the suit, like for me to be painting and moving things around and moving couches. And how about here? And like, oh, but then still the smell or washing brushes in <laughs> our like nice sinks in our bathrooms. It's like, I don't really want to be turning my sink blue with, you know, oil paints. <laughs> so it was like it, it had to manifest into this is just totally impractical to actually have it in our home. Because any space that we were finding, it either didn't have great light or my son is already, you know, like all of his toys are there and I'd be like kicking my kid out of his own playroom. Like that kind of felt <laughs> like a lousy thing to do. So, Or you're but, like, it kind of does make sense to have a couch in front of the TV. So maybe it should stay there. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, we do live a pretty normal everyday life. I mean, my husband works from home also and he has an office, but still like even invading his office with like stinky oil paints, like that's no fun for him. Like. <laughs> I can't do that. So it, it ended up working out. I justified it through necessity, but it feels kind of great to have this amazing space that's like all mine away from the home. And even though, okay, you know, like home nesting and all that kind of stuff, I'm I'm pretty much allowed to do whatever I want in terms of that in our own home. So I don't need like a decorating kind of outlet because I have that and but this is more of a location for all of my goodies and stuff and crafts and art supplies that I can just have there and go there and it's quiet and I just do it and it's beautiful view and it's just like yes so overall how did, how did it feel the first time that you said or typed my studio oh just so good I felt so fancy <laughs> I was, I was like, like when, when when people ask like oh where where do you make this or when I mention that I have like I have a pottery studio in my basement and because it feels so like for real you know <laughs> and, then, and then I always have to fight the urge of it's, it's it's no big thing it's just a little thing I do it's like no I have I have a studio uh in the same way that you know I work from home I have an office mm -hmm. uh and it, it's kind of an extension of that as well like it was important both when we moved here and in the previous apartment to make an an office space then because I have worked a lot like in armchairs and like at the, I would go I would do most of my work on a couch or in uh, in a chair mm -hmm. and then I was like wait I have to focus now and then I'd go sit at the kitchen table because the apartment was so small but just like I had to train my brain to take take it a little more seriously you have to focus mm -hmm. and it's it's the same way like it's good to have somewhere that's this is the the working area and then that extends into this is where this is where you take yourself seriously mm -hmm. yeah that's exactly how I've, but like just going uh man saying saying my studio i feel i feel like one of those cool artist chicks that i've always like wanted to be and now all of a sudden i'm like trying this trying this costume on and being like, oh, yeah, my studio. <laughs> it just, it makes me feel so good. But I still feel like I'm wearing a little bit of a costume. Like I'm a little bit of a fraud. I'm a little bit of a poser, even though like I did this. If the episode art for the last episode was you in a in a Bob Ross wig, the, this one is <laughs> yeah. both of us in berets. <laughs> yeah, just fancy berets. 
<laughs> just being fancy. Uh, but yeah, how did I just, you though? Because because like my my studio is is in my basement. How did you decide what to keep where? Because that would be my fear. Be like, oh no, all the fun pens and markers or whatever it is. Like when you, or is it close to your house? It is close to my house, but that's exactly what I'm going through right now. Like I just brought over a set of colored pencils because I was in the studio this weekend and I wanted to sketch something out instead of just throwing some paint on a canvas. And I was like, oh, okay. And I only brought with me a couple colored pencils, which was kind of nice to be restricted in that way. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, my good stuff is at home. So, (laughs) but yet when I'm at home, it's easy for me to do watercolor or color pencil here whenever I want. So it's like, wow, do I get two of everything? Like, or do I, you know, compromise and kind of limit myself purposefully so that I have like one thing here, one thing there. And so it, it's not like I have access to everything I have at the same time. And so that I'm, I'm, I'm still working out how that works. Check in with me in a few months and we'll figure out what went where. And if I ended up did, if I uh, ended up buying double of everything, which would be sure weird. I'm that you know someone who can tell you about a way to transport markers and pens. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we might know somebody like that. Knock, knock <laughs> <up>. <laughs> uh, but but the idea of transporting it back and forth isn't that um, charming in the first place. I don't know. It's just nice having it all there and just walking in, showing up with my keys and being like, hey. In terms of spending money on your art and your art supplies and being okay with that, have you ever felt like you've wasted money on supplies? Because now that I'm thinking about moving, like getting double color pencil sets and things, I I look over at all of the stuff I have and I'm like, ooh, I bought you and I don't like you and I will never like you. What have (laughs) you, do you have something like that for me? It's it's brush pens, except for Copics. They are their own holy amazingness <laughs> and can never be touched with any words of negativity at all. But I have so many brush pens that I've gotten in like art snacks boxes or, um, which is another topic we should talk about one day. Um, shout out <laughs> art snack. Or, you know, I just picked one hashtag up. Hashtag not spawn. <laughs> no, or not Hashtag spawn. sadly not spawn. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> Hear that, Lee? Do you hear it? Um, so I have all this stuff, but I, I don't like them. They don't blend the way I want them to. I'm not a hand letterer. Um, I tried to be, and it's just, it's not. I'll practice in books and stuff for, for busy work to do. But so, yeah, brush pens, I feel like, are my big money sink that I tried and have failed to love. And pretty much most markers, really, besides the Holy Grail of Copics. But yeah, most markers, I just, they don't do what I want them to do because I want them to be more like paint. And that's my really, my true love. So markers fall short and I have a lot. So anyone, I, I end up, I don't know. I don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Cause that's the, that's the difficult thing really is like, what do you do? Like, cause I'm, I'm a cyclical, uh, declutterer. Like I'll just go through stuff because I, I often feel like, oh, I bought this and then it wasn't fun. And, you know, oh, I, I didn't like this or whatever. But you can give the stuff away. And I've gotten a lot less sentimental about just throwing stuff out because like I'm not getting use out of it and nobody else is either. I think my two biggest like when it feels like a really big waste is either when things like go bad, like you buy, um, I don't know, Sculpey or something and it dries out like mm-hmm. it, before you get to it. Because then there's that guilt of like, oh, I, sh- you know, I should have taken the time, or I should have not done the newer stuff I got, or whatever. Yeah. And then the I other, which is too. like the the biggest paradox, is because when you're trying stuff out, you don't necessarily want to get 
the nicest, most expensive stuff. Mm -hmm. But then because you bought the cheap stuff, it's not fun to work with. You should have bought the expensive stuff and then it would have worked. (laughs) Well, (laughs) because that's how I feel. (laughs) Like, Yeah, well, I mean, both like you buy the cheap stuff because you're like, well, I don't want to, especially if like it sounds like both of us are like, ooh, new fun technique, new fun stuff, new Mm -hmm. fun, whatever. So you want to try it, but you don't want to buy the expensive stuff in case it either uh, you don't have time for it or it turns out you don't like it. But not always, but at least part of the time, bad supplies make stuff less fun. Mm -hmm. Like if you have crappy brushes for your decent oil paints, it's just it's not going to go well. You're not going to be able to to do the stuff that you either want to do or need to do. And you're probably... Also, if you're trying it out, you're, you don't have the skills to compensate for crappy tools or crappy paints. Yep. So it sits because it was crappy. So you still wasted, <laughs> you wasted half of what you would have wasted if you'd bought the expensive paints and found out that you didn't like oil paints. <laughs> yep. Although I did buy one of those little kits, like for my very first oil painting, I bought one of those little like tiny tube of every color little kit thing that you can buy the box and it's all fine. I used whatever brushes I had. And you know what? It was it was fine. I made a bacon and eggs painting that I ended up giving to a friend because that's what he <laughs> asked for for Christmas. Um, so and you know, it came out like it came out a couple. There's some bristles stuck in the paint because of my bad brushes. But I looked up when I was panicking about like bristles and dust being in the paint. And apparently all of the great masters have a whole bunch of crap stuck in their paint. So you go and, you know, you look at some water lilies, like Monet's water lilies, and there's all this stuff stuck in all the paint. And so I feel better about that. Not that, you know, but yeah, no, it just made me feel I, better. I, I, don't, I don't think that you need to. Sometimes knitters will say like uh, life is too short for cheap yarn. And I don't think that's true. I think what it is, is like life is too short to knit with yarn or paint with stuff that you don't like mm-hmm. uh, and that can be cheap stuff or expensive stuff but that's like that's that's where I feel the wastefulest uh, is is when when I try to cheap out uh, and like the times when it seems really clear to me that like the problem here is that I, I should have not you know gotten the knockoff mm-hmm. yeah and then but, yeah. Th- but then I also uh, there's something you know, Sweden is a Lutheran country and I can feel very Lutheran when I was like, oh, no, I should I should use up what I have first and I should not spend this money. You know, think about starving children in, in Milwaukee or whatever. You know, you're supposed to be able to make art with just like a pencil and drawing on a potato. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's it's I have so many people inside me like there's also a kid who's like, you have money now. You can mm-hmm. you can buy fun stuff like the way you were talking in the first episode about like you will never say no to art supplies. And yep. I, I sometimes feel like that for myself too. like buying stuff to make things and to even if it's just buying the supplies with the thought that this also buys me the time to use them, which is sadly not the same thing. Mm-hmm. But just like buying them be like, I like to paint. I like to draw. This is one of the things that makes me happy. And I can either buy these and then I'll play with them all weekend or I'll buy them because I see them. And then I will I know that like in two weeks time when I need them, I'll have them. And you now I, I try to be my own parent who's like, you can always buy books and you can always buy art supplies. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're all kind of multiple people in, when it comes to our decision making and how we justify it and how we move on. What I do try to limit is 
sketchbooks and notebooks because there I do know that like I, I have at least one or two of of every different kind of sketchbook. Oh like, yeah, I can find watercolor. But they're also different. And, like, they're they are different paper, and you need them for different reasons. And I have See? at least one of each kind, <laughs> which is, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but they make yeah no they make me happy, and I'm like I have a house. I'm like a four year old uh, with way too much money for my own good, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel that way sometimes. Absolutely, especially when the first trip to the art supply store to um, kind of furnish the studio and fill it up with stuff and get all the right supplies. It was like, Ooh, I'll take this one and that one and that one. And one of those, two of those. And it was just, it was crazy. And then you sit and you're like, Whoa, what did I just do? <laughs> yeah. But I, I, if, if you want to feel better, I can tell you what a wheel and a kiln and all of the tools that your pottery school had cost to buy new. <laughs> I think we should definitely talk about that in another episode. <laughs> Where you're going to talk about the most expensive time of the year? Yes. Um, so I want to talk about this very special There'll time be that's coming up. Or singing and lots. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very expensive time of the year for people who like art supplies, especially pens, maybe fountain pens and other pens. But the Atlanta Pen Show is coming up, which is kind of a big meetup for all of the internet pen people who enjoy a podcast known as the Pen Addict. Um, also, thanks to the Pen Addict for a huge shout out. Of about our show thank you so much you guys are the best and we're all really excited to see you in atlanta on april 13th through the 15th and it's the place where julie and i met for the first time two years ago so it's a special place we for met us in a morning workshop of how to make cute envelopes yes we did <laughs> <laughs> and i also met your husband pontus yeah uh we were we were sitting there and talking about the perfectionism of like, oh, the lines have to be straight. I want to make this map that I'm gluing onto envelopes. It has to be pretty. So it was important of things to come. It was. And here we are. So we just wanted to mention that this is coming up. So once this show is and, and published. And we are both going to be there is what, what we're also trying to get to. Yes, we are both going to be there again this time. Were you there last year? I was. Yeah, I missed it last year because it was, they moved it because of an Easter thing, like when Easter was falling and it ended up being on my son's fifth birthday. So I had to be a good mom and stay. And plus, I really love throwing parties. <laughs> Five is past the point where you can go, ah, he won't notice. <laughs> no, he only has so many cute kid birthdays. And let me tell you, when, when you talk about being creative and making things, I am a party machine. I <laughs> love kid parties. They are so fun because you get to make the cakes and the decorations and just the whole put it, putting together a theme party is is just the best. It's not for him. It's for me. I'm a crazy mom and I love it. <laughs> like it makes me so happy. So I had to be there and do that. But this year it's the weekend before. So I'm all in the clear. Um, and I, you have to make up for everything you didn't buy last year. Because I've heard that you definitely haven't bought any expensive pens in, in the last two years. Oh, no, definitely not. I'm not. I'm not someone that just goes and buys expensive pens. That's crazy. That doesn't sound anything like me. <laughs> I mean, that sounds everything like me. Um, yeah. But <laughs> so um, what are you uh, going to be bringing to the pen show? Because I know everyone, part of the appeal of this, if you've never been to a pen show or kind of like an art meetup or anything like that, part of the fun is when everyone... All these wonderful, creative people, or just people who touch each other's stuff. Yeah, who, and or just people who like art supplies and ink and pens and getting together. It just we all sit together and just create, just 
check out what everyone else has and play with this and let me see this nib and I've never tried that ink before and it just becomes this great cool hangout so part of it is what are you going to bring to the table <laughs> when this hangout is happening so Julia what are you guys planning on packing this year oh good lord probably <laughs> most of it I mean because this is kind of our like pen show for the year mm -hmm. because again we live in Sweden so we we it's it's so hilarious when people go what you came you came here you, <laughs> from Sweden you came to it to Atlanta you're not it's you're not, not even in the DC. city of Atlanta it's like at a roadside hotel in Atlanta yeah. like off the and highway it's not, it's not the it's not the biggest show in the U.S. it's not like the biggest show of the year uh so all of the sellers when we talk to them are like wait but this one that you're not so are you going to dc later and we're like no no we're well last year you know and the, the year before we drove to new orleans we drove to florida you know we do a little vacation atlanta it, it's because of the pen addict and because like that's where the community is in the live podcast so i think we're just like bringing most of our pens uh because that's the one one chance we have mm -hmm. in the year to go look at look at this stuff isn't it neat? <laughs> uh, Your collection's never complete, though. That line oh, is no, a no, lie. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Very much so. Um, but, like, so my collection is a mix. Of, because it, it's funny because it's a, it's a pen show, but it is very much a fountain pen and ink show. Uh, so, like, there's dip pens and there's amazing handwriting and calligraphy. Uh, it's not so much about... And, and we're going to talk, get back to handwriting and, and um, lettering and stuff. But it's not so much about the art part of pens yeah it's a bit about the pretty collecting part <laughs> which is also appealing to our inner like child our inner hoarder our inner love for something beautiful because the pen itself a lot of them are made by artisans uh, and not just big companies so there is beauty and art and creativity in just even the making of the pen and the people who are there to buy them appreciate and love that. It, and so that's what I feel like when I'm buying a Brooks pen or a Calais pen company pen, like I feel like I'm, I'm helping support someone else's art and it makes me feel awesome because then I get to bring it home and actually use it as a tool, not just something. I mean, I, I love art hanging on my wall too, but it is, it's a, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing that you get to participate in. Yeah, and it makes you happy to use it in a way that a Bic doesn't, at least for me. Yeah. Because I, I, I use them for like for taking notes or for doing my vaguely bullet journal-esque things. Mm -hmm. um, I don't tend to use fountain pens for arty stuff, except when I'm writing grumpy stuff that I put on my Instagram. So uh, I, we, we'll probably also do a road trip to both a big box art supply store because we don't really get those in Sweden and like a nice art supply store. I'll probably go to one of the pottery stores and get some like nice underglazes and tools because that's fun. I'm making it sound like Sweden is this, you know, tiny little backwards country. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like, will need to buy batteries because we don't get those at home. Oh, <laughs> <But laughs> <Aww. laughs> What 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 are you bringing? What what's your um, what's your baby right now? Hmm. I don't. I, I think I'm just gonna bring all my nice ones that I really like because I went to DC this past um, summer and I brought everything and that was crazy. I didn't really need to bring everything like for myself. When I showed up, I was like, oh okay. I ended up not taking out a lot of it. So this time, I think I'm gonna 
bring, you know, some of the newer things that I like. I'll bring my, my one Nakaya that I have. Um, I have a small confession to make. I might have stained my Nakaya because <laughs> it's, it's, it's an acrylic it's one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm like. I'm, I used it, you know, um, I'm more proud that I've been using it than, but it's a white acrylic base. So it has some pink ink stuck to it. So maybe someone can help me with that. That's good. Um, I'll bring my beautiful Catalina pen company pens, a couple of the vintage pens that I have some of the vintage Parkers, but otherwise I'm just kind of going for the community and the atmosphere. Maybe I'll bring some samples of some of the cool inks that I have just to share. And so I won't be the only one that just shows up with a dry pen and wants to fill up on other people's inks. Cause you know, you don't want to be that you don't want to be that person. Yeah. And then we'll see if we, we get tipsy enough at the after hours. Let's touch all the pen stuff to start doing weird uh, caricature drawings of everyone at the table. <laughs> that sounds really good. <laughs> that, that, does, that does sound good. But so. Yeah, I, and and we'll, we'll link all the information about the show and mm-hmm. the pen addict and I don't know, ink cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if uh, you're going, website. that is awesome. Come say hi to us and we would love to say hi. Uh, if you're not going, that's fine. If this is the first time you've ever heard about a pen show and fountain pens, go check out The Pen Addict um, over on Relay FM because that show can show you the way. And yeah. And they, they uh... just had the, the, the shout out was on episode 300 and they kept yep. joking about, you know, how can you do a podcast about pens at all? For 300 300 episodes. episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, episode two is just as good as episode 300. uh, But we're going to wrap it up. We all have Uh, to start somewhere, right? Yeah. (laughs) We will be back in a fortnight uh, to keep talking about all of these things. Uh, Show notes are at make2pod.com. We are generally make-do-pod on all the things. We are also Tiffany Arment and Julia Scott on most things, respectively. Yep, we're so simple. Until next time, go make and do.